Hello, I'm Katie Sewell. I live in Seattle. My co-host, Tiffany Parks, lives in Rome, Italy. Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. This week, I'd like to thank James and Devaraj and Catherine and Tony and my cousin Scott. This Tuesday is Giving Tuesday, a time to give back rather than shop and collect more things. If you love the show, please send in your financial gift today. Just like you buy a movie online or pay for public radio, pay for the podcasts that you love as well. You can find us on patreon.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast or donate through PayPal at thebittersweetlife.net. There are links in the show notes. I recently saw a tweet that said something along the lines of, this is what it means when you spend your money in small business. And it quoted a small business owner who had just received an order for $50 with a crying emoji that said, this will pay for half my groceries this week. You don't get that in major corporations. Support the small things that you love. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. And I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, we're going to talk about shifting goals, which probably I could come up with a better title for what I mean by that. But over Thanksgiving, we got into a conversation very similar to conversations we've had in this show about what do you want to do when this is over? And and this, by the way, meaning COVID-19, <laughs> not <laughs> Thanksgiving, when this dinner is done, what do you want to do? No, COVID-19, what do we want to do when, it, when it's over? And my parents were had dinner with us after weeks of quarantining. We finally got to actually be in a room together without masks on, which felt so strange. But I was struck by how a lot of the things that we were saying that we wanted to do after this were sort of vague. You know, it was sort of like, oh, I'd like to travel or my mom. Oh, I'd like to go visit my mom. And I'd say, oh, yeah, I'd like to go visit your mom, too. You know, and it was just sort of like platitudes kind of. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Like, you can't think of anything. It's been so long that you haven't been able to do anything that your mind has stopped suggesting things because it's too painful. Exactly. Or too painful or just, I don't know, when does it become not hopeful anymore where you think, when this is over, I'm going to get overseas, you know? When does it stop being an aspirational goal that's inspiring to get through I mean, it? And when does it become just something that you're, you're, you're organizing, you're planning? Yeah, no, or just a thing that's like out there and you think, well, maybe someday. Who knows when? Yeah. Who knows when that will be? <laughs> I wish I had an answer for you. Yeah, but it also reminded me of a conversation that you and I recently had that some people listening to the show have heard and some have not, uh, which was a bonus episode that we did about newness, where we were talking about trying new things. And we were listening back to an old episode where we talked about new things, and then we were piling on. We were adding like all these other new things that we want to try. So if you want to hear that, Patreon, people. <laughs> Patreon.com slash The Bittersweet Life Podcast. But one of the things, and I'm not going to give much away because you describe it so much better, but one of the things you mention in that show is archery. And I'm not going to tell how. <laughs> it's just mentioned. If you want to know, you have to go to Patreon.com and become a monthly subscriber. But it reminded me of that list that we talked about a long time ago. The list that I made in the 10th grade of my lifetime goals and dreams. Ah. <sighs> 
and I found it again today. I happened to cross it by something my mom dropped by my house. And my number one on the list was learn archery. No way. <laughs> number one on the list. No way. That's crazy. <laughs> so that brought, brought me to my larger topic for today, which are what happens when you have a goal that you no longer really want to achieve? And I think that there are reasons why it shifts. Mm. I mean, I certainly have, I have a whole list of goals that I wanted to achieve in 10th grade, many of which I surprisingly did achieve, and some of which I would never really want to be doing anymore. But before I read you one of those, is there a goal that you could think of that you would no longer want to achieve that you had in one life? In, in one life? What, <laughs> that you had in once previous life, upon a time? I really wanted to... Uh defeat Pompey and take over the Roman Empire. Um, No, I made a similar list, but I was a bit older. I think I was in college or maybe even in grad school. And it was kind of one of those things where like, I wanted to think of as many things as possible. I started out with the things that were really important to me. And then the things that were just, you know, interests that I had. And then I started just kind of going off like, I'm just going to do, you know, be super ambitious. And, and I put things on there that, quite frankly, I don't even know why I thought. I mean, I put run a marathon on there. I do not like to run. <laughs> so that's the thing, too. I was wondering about this list is like, how many of these things are things I actually wanted to do? And how many of these things were things I either thought I should do or that I had heard were cool from other people? And I was like, well, I guess I should put yeah, that on the list. That's probably a lot of it, especially when you're younger. But uh, I, the, one, the main one I can think of is the marathon one. But I wish I could find that list. I know where it is. It's in one of my old journals. But they're all at my mom's house. Because, you know, when I moved to Rome, I couldn't take everything. And so I have those all. They're all in her, like, storage room or something. <laughs> Probably half eaten by who knows what. Uh, <laughs> I would love to go back through there yes. and see how many things I have accomplished. There's definitely a lot that I haven't. Yes. <laughs> things I quite frankly, gave up on. Not because I wouldn't like to have achieved them, but just because they became impossible. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, things do become impossible, especially career aspirations. You know, you can always learn archery. You can take a class in archery when you're 70 years old. Sure. But you can't star in Swan Lake at the American Ballet Theater. That wasn't on my list, but, you know, something like that. Once you're like, of a certain age, you're not going to do those things unless you're already on that path. Yes, I definitely have a few on my list that I have aged out of such as number 23 on the list perform on broadway yes that was on my list too no i don't believe that that's going to happen (laughs) well i mean if you were actively pursuing a career in theater i don't think that your age would preclude you of that because there are roles for people of all ages but if that's not what you're already working towards you no, it's not going to happen here's one that i think you can I mean, I'm not going to say you can do this at any age, but I think that there isn't really an age limit. And I know this was on my list and I have done this and it's published a book. I read somewhere, probably on Twitter, a list of authors, like famous authors, a short list like of 10 people and the age that they published their first book. And so many of them are over 40. Writing is something I think that you can come to late and uh, you can have a career in even if you're not a spring chicken. I agree. I have published a children's book on here. Okay. Well, I think you could do that. I'm not ruling that one out. But here's one I know I I couldn't do anymore. Do gymnastics. Well, no. <laughs> no, you can't. I think that time is over. <laughs> you could do basic gymnastics. I can do a cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
but I don't know if that's doing gymnastics, <laughs> do You could take a gymnastics class for adults. I'm sure that exists. Just like there's ballet classes for adults. Yeah, the weird thing about this goal is that by 10th grade, I had done gymnastics already. I had this idea that maybe I would one day get back into it and become the world championship vaulter that I was meant to be. <laughs> uh, well, you did have the size for it. I was good at the it height. as an elementary school student. Okay, here is one that I wouldn't want to do anymore. And I think largely this is because it was misguided, <laughs> which was live on a reservation mm. and learn about the culture. Okay. <laughs> I think that 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 comes from a Hollywood idea of what it would be like to live on a reservation, yeah. meaning just surrounded by gorgeous native <laughs> men <laughs> on horses, <laughs> probably learning archery. And <laughs> None of that is true. <laughs> I mean, there's some gorgeous men. But uh, as an adult, you know that living on a reservation is not an idealized place to be. No, no. So, I mean, that's the other thing that's funny about some of these goals is you think, well, what is the goal there, really? You know, that's just a misguided goal. Or another one on here, maybe I would like to do this, but I don't know. Touch a tiger. <laughs> I remember that. Seems misguided. I think that is a little misguided. <laughs> and what did I expect to have happen? Like, why a tiger? Him to start purring. I could think of a lot of other things I'd rather touch. <laughs> touch a dolphin, maybe. A tiger? Well, or, I mean, one that's very simple that you and I have talked about a million times. Skydive. Skydive's on here, number 37. Yeah, that's not on my list. No, no. That's not on my list anymore. I'm scared now. Yeah. I had I was braver when I was younger. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> no way. You've become mortal. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some on here that I still think would be very difficult to pull off, but I would still love to do. Do you have any other goals that you remember that you um, would have frivolously wanted to do? Or maybe even like recently wanted to do and realized after going down that path that you really don't want to do that? I don't know now that you put me on the spot. I definitely remember a few of the goals on there were like, I wanted to live in five different countries. I still want to do that. I've only, I've lived in three different countries. I don't know what you consider, what, what is your consideration? Like what to you is living in a country? Like how long do you have to be in a place to consider that you've lived there? I believe a month, but Derek thinks that that's not true. Yeah, I think a month is pretty short. I think a month is short, but it's enough to get a sense of not like what full-time life would be like there, but a sense of the rhythm of the life there. That's why I think it kind of counts as living in a place. Well, then I've lived in five countries because I spent a month in France. I spent a month in Paris. And I spent a month in the Bahamas doing yoga teacher training. I don't know if that doesn't count, though, because, I mean, I'm living in a yoga camp, basically. Well, if you're too isolated from the real culture then it gets a little tricky. Yeah, yeah. I really only consider three countries, the United States, Canada, and Italy, obviously. But I would like to live long-term, like minimum one year in two other countries. But I feel like I have plenty of time for that, plenty of time. But why Why five countries? Well, I mean, five was just a random number that I picked that was, you know, enough that it would be a pretty wide sampling of, of places, more than most people will live in, you know, the average non-diplomatic person. But... Not so many that was going to be unachievable. So I guess that's why I picked five. I also want to travel to, I think I said I wanted to travel to every continent except Antarctica. But now that I've seen where'd you go, Bernadette, now I want to go to Antarctica too. <laughs> right. 
So I'll, right. I'll say every continent. I'd like to travel to every continent. Where'd you go, Bernadette, by the way? Written by a Seattle author. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised because it takes place, so much of it takes place in Seattle. Yes. And also referenced in that book is, uh, have you ever read the book? I didn't read the book. I meant to read the book. I had it on my TBR list, but I haven't read it. I watched the movie first one night out of boredom. The book is very tongue-in-cheek jokey um, about Seattle culture. And in it, they mention Seattle, like the only place where the fire, I forget how she puts it, but the firing of a a weather caster would make the paper. (laughs) And... Just side note for those of you from Seattle, I was the one that fired that weather caster. You were? <laughs> that was about yeah. you? Well, it wasn't about me, but I did fire that person. Those of you who will are in the know will understand. Oh. We can tell that story some other time. Maybe we'll tell that story on Patreon. Okay. Sounds good. Because that story got us in a lot of trouble, but it did become a joke in the end. Hilarious. You're famous, Katie. Uh, I'm the kind of famous where, you know nobody recognizes you (laughs) (laughs) that's the best kind of famous best kind so so yeah I mean I I, a lot of my goals include travel but also like sort of like number things like yes I want to live in five countries I want to visit five continents yes you're very number oriented yeah go back and listen to our numbers episode to find out why yeah um (laughs) no I don't know I just like um there's something about numbers when it comes to goals You, you really feel like you can check off a goal if there's numbers involved somehow here's another one i don't want to do okay 48 be a news reporter on tv yeah yeah i can see why you would have put that on your list though but yeah right above that do some investigative reporting <laughs> well i have done that <laughs> just yeah. not on tv not on i TV. think the thing about these goal lists is that you know especially if you do them when you're really young i mean i think it's a great exercise to do when you're quite young to give you some ideas of like what you really might like to do what you're curious about what you're passionate about but many of the true like career oriented ones, I'm not talking about like trying archery and trying gymnastics and going skydiving, but you know, becoming a news reporter on TV or performing on Broadway. It's like you can't do very many of those because many of these careers like take a lifetime of dedication yes. to achieve that goal. Well, and some of these are definitely attention seeking. Because you and I were in theater, so why would you want to... If you're going to be a news reporter, be it on TV. Oh, of course. You know, don't be it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, a lot of these things would take a lifetime. Exactly like you're saying. Stop eating so much gum. I think I've managed to accomplish that <laughs> one. Who eats gum? Are you eating the gum? <laughs> or are you chewing the gum? I'm sure I was chewing it, but I did spell eating wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were the worst speller in the world. Two T's. Oh my gosh, Katie. And how old were you when you wrote this? 15. 10th grade. Yeah. You were the worst speller. So what are some of your, I mean, you you broached this topic by saying shifting goals. Shifting, yes. Do you feel like when you eliminate a goal, it's because you've come up with something better or or you're narrowing your goals down to a few more essential items? What is it about the goals that shift in your mind? Well, I should probably make a new list because it might help clarify things going forward you know maybe it's part of getting older is like figuring out what is unrealistic for you what are the goals that as you get older you actually can achieve today I mean I'm not like a make a list hit the goal kind of person like you are I mean I make a lot of lists (laughs) (laughs) but I mean I look at this list and I think oh you know I'm more pleased by how many of these I've accidentally accomplished like take photographs in Africa I did that (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't remember that was a goal, but I was in Africa and I did take some pictures there. Now, I don't know what kind of photographs I probably was hoping I was working for National Geographic at the time, <laughs> rather than just taking pictures of my sister or whatever, but I did take pictures in Africa or be in a movie. I was an extra in a movie. It was a terrible movie. Oh, I no. didn't actually appear on the screen. My scene got cut, but I was technically in that movie. <laughs> um, uh, learned some magic. I dated a magician for a while. I learned some magic that way. That was accidental. Not accidental. Be in a shark cage surrounded by sharks. Did that. Yikes. Meet Jodie Foster. Meet Jodie Foster's on the list. That was accidental. Although I booked her, so I guess it wasn't totally accidental. But I forgot it was on the list. And uh, take voice lessons, which I've also done, but I took them from my sister and in part to become a better enunciator on the radio. Okay. Still counts. Still counts. Well, I think maybe that's the key. You got to be really vague with your goals, you know, and then forget about them and then, you know, dig the list out 20 years later and be like, oh my gosh, I said live in a house and I do live in a house. (laughs) (laughs) I said be more agreeable and I am more agreeable. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I can't really think besides those specific ones, think of anything else that I've like clearly decided not to do i i would need to find my old list and it's not going to happen right now unfortunately well is there a goal that's come about during covid that maybe you wouldn't have thought of prior to everything that's shifted um well i would like to um to um up my chess game ah uh, yes because i grew up playing chess i mean i i say i grew up playing chess it sounds like i actually like, went to tournaments no 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 I played chess with my dad a lot, but my dad wasn't particularly good at it. Like he knew the rules, he knew how to play, and he taught me. I remember I he he bought us this chess set that it was great. It was a great chess set for kids because it was really big, bigger than the typical chess set. And on the back of every piece, on the base of it, each chess piece sat on like a square base and on the back it showed you how to move it. Mm. So it was a great way to learn how to play. And so I used to always play with him and And I could beat him from time to time. But the thing is, neither my father nor I had any strategy. We just knew the rules. And, you know, we played sort of with our own natural, I guess, ability, but no strategy. So I would love to take a chess course, like on masterclass or something, and just learn. Like I've tried to sort of teach myself, but I don't know, it's hard. So I'd like to learn and become better at chess. I just want to be able to like play a game and know what I'm doing and not just sort of weigh it. Here's a question. If you learned, say, took a class, learn chess better, are there people in Rome that you know that you could play chess against? My husband. Yes. Otherwise, is chess a big game there? It's not a big game. No, but um, our next door neighbor is good at chess, playing chess, so I could play him and I could play my husband and I could play, I want to teach Aurelio. I mean, like I have, he knows the rules now. I've taught him how to play but he gets a little impatient about three quarters of the way through and he, he kind of wants to quit. But he's gotten to the point where he knows the rules. He, like, he knows how everybody moves and he can see people to attack. Not every single move, but like every so often he'll be like, aha, and he'll, and he'll attack me and, and he'll do a good move. What he can't do yet when he moves a piece, he can't look around and see if he's putting his piece in danger. So piano, piano, we're, we're getting there. Little by little. Uh, Curious, in the United States, 
probably one of our most iconic games is Monopoly. Yeah. What would you say is one of the more iconic games in Italy? Well, um, they play Tombola, but it's really a seasonal game. It's really played around Christmas and New Year. It's kind of like bingo, but there's slight differences, but it's similar to bingo. But again, it's really just something that they play that particular time of year. Uh, They do play Monopoly here. I don't know if it's as popular as in the States, and I don't know. I'm not a big game player as far as like board games and stuff. Mm. So I couldn't really tell you, but definitely, definitely want to get the, I, I think that has to do with that show I watched though, The Queen's Gambit. I think that's part of the reason. <laughs> yeah, you and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even order a chess set right now from what I've heard in the, from the paper. Really? I haven't actually tried to order a chess set, so I don't know if it's true, but that's, nuts. Uh, that's what they say is that chess sets are back ordered because of that show. Well, we have two, so. So you're already set to go and maybe there'll be a whole new league of women. Yeah, sort of like archery. I feel like when the Hunger Games came out, all of a sudden everybody wanted to be able to shoot a bow and arrow better. Yes, yeah, I never <laughs> even saw that. I never even saw the Hunger Games. So let's see, that's one. Um, you know, all of this time stuck indoors, besides of course the desire to travel more, which everybody I think feels right now. And the desire to fix up like a few things in my house that I haven't done yet. I think really I've just been so focused on my books, my book and the next book that's going to go after it, that I've really just been sort of, I can't even describe it. Like I've just been going into this interior place and trying to imagine and create these worlds. And if anything, I've come up with a few ideas of books that I want to write that I never would have thought of. I mean, not that I would never have thought of, but you know, I'm so involved in Rome, as you know. Everything I write has something to do with Rome. And the book that I'm brainstorming right now is going to take place in Florence. And it's like, oh, it's like a whole new world. <laughs> I mean, it's just an hour, a couple of hours away. You know, it's not that far. It's not that different. They speak the same language. It's the same country. I'm going to be writing the same time period. But already I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be exploring in my mind. And obviously I'll definitely travel there as well. Like this whole other city and just this whole world is opening up for me. So that's kind of, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. But I wouldn't really call that a new goal. Well, if you ever get stuck... If you want to just randomly throw one of these goals into one of your characters, like this list that I have. Yeah, that's a good idea. You get stuck. The girl's in Florence and you're like, what should happen next, Katie? And I'll say, number seven, take care of a chimpanzee. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll be the plot twist you need. (laughs) I am laughing because I cannot believe that you put that on your list. And and I'm also laughing because I'm imagining this character in in 1600 in Florence taking care of a chimpanzee. I feel like this should be a new goal. That character has to somehow encounter a chimpanzee. Well, okay. What if I just I pick a number randomly and you tell me what the what the goal is? Okay. How many How many are there? You can pick up to. 52. Or I'll start with my favorite number, 14. 14. Learn to cook. Mm. Oh, (laughs) well, yeah, she could, yeah, she could have to cook because like maybe she has to pretend to be a a servant. Yes. Because she's just kind of in hiding. That one's even practical. Yes. Yeah, that might be fun. Yes. Um, Let me do one more. Okay. Um, uh, 29. 
29 be on a talk show oh that's gonna be hard which by the way <laughs> i actually have put a giant scratch out mark through so apparently even back then i was like i don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> you changed your mind have you ever been on a talk show uh, it depends on what you define as a talk show well i guess even radio talk shows are talk shows i've watched a talk show i've been in the audience for one that's not being on it sorry and i've been on talk shows that were on the radio i think that counts <laughs> i think that counts yeah but i i've never been on oprah or like jerry springer <laughs> <laughs> i think that's actually almost something to be proud of that you've never been on jerry springer yes well, let's pick one more because that one would have been impossible in the 1600s to be on a talk show. Okay. Where she could actually take care of a chimpanzee. So. I mean, did they have any chimpanzees in Europe at that time? I don't think so. Who knows? I'm pretty sure there weren't. Never underestimate rich people's ability to traffic in animals. Uh, maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, 33. 33. Uh, well, another one that would be hard then. Direct or shoot a nature film. You're so eclectic, Katie. You're so eclectic. So apparently I am either want to be so in charge or like just behind the camera. Versatile. <laughs> Very versatile. Uh, I want to take a side jog real quick. Yeah. So, you know, we've been talking about this new book, George's Bank. Mm -hmm. First introduced it to you last week. George's Bank by Bradley Bagshaw. And I was emailing back and forth with Bradley Bagshaw last week asking him more about his inspiration for the book. I don't know if you remember, but I told you that he conceived of the book while on a sailing trip from Seattle to Tahiti and back. Mm -hmm. And I asked him a little bit more about how he actually set off on that journey. And I, I liked what he wrote because it's a great goal story. So he wrote me back. Let's see. And he told a little story um, prior to this about buying his first little boat when he was 10 after delivering papers and saving up money to get this little old dory that he could paddle around but anyways ever since the days of i was delivering papers before school and exploring the harbor i had dreamt of taking a boat offshore and exploring faraway lands one day when i was in my early 50s my wife and i were sitting on a dock and i pointed out to the open ocean and told her for the thousandth time i want to go out there someday her response well what are you waiting for the time when you're too old and too feeble to manage it <laughs> Good on her. <laughs> her words were more prophetic than she knew. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. So now they're at sea. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he says this great paragraph. When on watch during one of those long legs at sea, the longest was 25 days, I had time to think. It was on one of those long legs that I developed the idea of writing George's Bank. Being at sea for weeks on end is a constant pitch and roll. The rhythmic motion of the boat, the slapping of the waves against the hull, the creaking of the lines as they stretch and relax. It all becomes a part of being alive. Being on deck alone at night with a million stars that can't be seen in the city overhead was magical. Love it. Love it. Love it. I know. I know. And so, and of course, so it's on that trip that he conceives of the plot, uh, kind of like you going to, to explore Florence. He conceives of the plot of what's going to happen in George's bank. And then he kind of ends this way. You know how he said his wife's comment was more prophetic than she realized. He said, My sailing days are over now. I have a progressive form of muscular dystrophy, and I have trouble walking these days. Sailing is out of the question. If I'd waited until retirement age to start my South Pacific adventure, it never would have happened. The advice I would give to your listeners is that they shouldn't wait to pursue their dreams. I'm glad I didn't. Wow. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, imagine. Yeah. Imagine getting to a certain age and just being like, oh, I wanted to do that so bad. And I just kept 
saying later, later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. Oh, and then not being able to do it. Man. Yeah, you get to a point when you can't do it anymore. Yep. So George's Bank by Bradley Bagshaw. If you want to read the story that came of that adventure, you can get it wherever books are sold. Great. But yes, that's like a much more epic example of do gymnastics. Right. Well, okay, let me ask you something. Because I mean, I think there are a lot of things that we throw out there when we put on our list, like take care of a chimpanzee and do gymnastics that are just, you're just kind of putting it out there because it's something that just occurred to you. And then there are things that truly make your heart dance and you just, you just want to do so bad. So tell me something, it could be on your list. It could be something that you've come up with more recently that you really, truly want to do. Might not be a career thing, but something like sailing to eat, you know, something like that along those lines that you really, really want to do, but you've been putting off. Putting off, putting off. Putting off in the sense that, not that you don't want to do it and you're putting it off because you don't want to do it, but just thinking, well, okay, today's, it's not the right time. Yes. It's not the right moment. We don't have enough money or we don't, you know, we don't have enough time or whatever it is. I have two things that come up to mind. One is one that I put off on the regular, which is writing. <laughs> Where, you know, I really, really want to be writing more, but I don't know. It's one of those things that's hard and scary and, you know, can be exhausting and also totally exhilarating. And for whatever reason, you know, there's going to be at least a few days when I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Or I'll, I'll futz around more in the morning than I should, where that would be the time for me to be writing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're just sort of putting it off. Yeah, but everybody does that everybody yes i mean almost everybody does that once in a while if you do it every day it's a problem if you do it a couple of days i don't know a week a couple of days a month i don't know what you meant by a couple of days but you know i think every writer should probably take one day off from writing a week you know everybody needs a break (laughs) true but i think another thing i don't know that i'm actively putting it off per se. Of course, COVID-19 has prevented a lot of things from happening, but I would really, really like to be in Alaska during the humpback whale migration. Okay. And I need to figure out the timing of that, the best place to go. I've talked to some of our listeners about this, actually, and you know who you are, (laughs) who have sent me some tips about that. But I think that that's been a long-held goal that I need to get to. Like, I really do want that to happen. Yeah. You just need to make it a priority. Just like the writing, it's the same thing. It's just make it a priority. So for the writing, it's like you, you have your appointment with your computer or with your notebook or whatever time it is, and you just make that a priority. And people in your house have to know, including the cats, that that is your writing time and that you are not going to be interrupted. <laughs> and put your phone somewhere else and do what you have to do. I can just speak from my experience, especially since... COVID has happened. It's become easier just because I haven't had to go into a day job. But I've found that if I have a routine around it, if I can incorporate it into a different part of my daily routine, then it's easier. You want to do, we all want to do the routine. It's like a natural human thing. Your body just will go Mm -hmm. towards it and your mind will go towards it. So make that a routine. But the other one, make it a priority in the sense that like once... Obviously, we can travel again freely. Okay, when is the next time that we both have a vacation? Okay, you talk to your husband. If he doesn't want to go, then you figure out how to go alone. If he wants to go, then you work out how to go together. And you just like, okay, this is what our next vacation is going to be. You know, start preparing for it and start doing your research and looking into the practicalities and the costs and putting money aside if you have to put some money aside for it. Yep. Just make it a priority. Yes. 
Well, what's your one goal that you've been putting off, would you say? It's also a travel thing. It's a big thing, though. It's like something that would take me probably, if not a year, the better part of a year. So that's why I think I haven't done it is because, you know, when do you have the time and the ability and the money to take an entire year to travel? And now we have a child. Traveling with a child is tricky because when they're really little, it's almost, it's hard because they're little and they're difficult to take care of, but they don't have to necessarily be in school. You know, once they're in school, you know, you can't really, I mean, unless you're doing homeschooling and that's a whole other can of worms. Like you can't really just pull a child out of school for a year Mm -hmm. to travel. So I don't know how or when we'd be able to do it, but that's exactly not the kind of thing you should say. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how we'll ever do it. but What is it? <laughs> I have always wanted to, to take a round-the-world trip, but without flying. Oh, yes. So train, boat, car, go all the way around the world, probably in just one hemisphere, the northern hemisphere. But I have a whole route planned out in my mind, and I want to do it so bad so bad it's a good one yeah well how old will you be when uh Relio's out off for college i i don't know i don't want to think about it <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna go there <laughs> all right it's a good goal it's a good goal well we should leave it there yeah feel free to send us your goals yes feel free to send us your goals we love you know always inspiring to us as well we might realize that we want to have those goals too yes and join us on patreon if you haven't already because we offer a lot of extra content. We offer bonus episodes. We do question and answer episodes, and we're going to start doing some live meetups as well. There are lots of different tiers, so you know, to fit into pretty much any budget. So if you have the means and you love the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can just go to patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast. Yes. And we will make a goal of doing one of our informal shows about the firing of that Seattle weathercaster. You guys can all find out what that's all about. Yeah. I want to hear that story. (laughs) One other thing is another one of our listeners suggested what I thought would be kind of a fun topic for down the road. So if you want to send us a voice memo on this topic, he suggested that we do a show about a souvenir we have from our travels that we treasure what it is, where it came from, and why you like it. Hmm. And so if you have a souvenir sitting around your home that has some sort of special meaning, send us a voice memo to bittersweetlife at mail.com, M-A-I-L.com, and tell us all about it. And we'll use it on a future show. Fun. All right. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. We are in the holiday season. A time for giving and a time for getting, and a time for reflection. What meant a lot to you in 2020? What kept you sane and entertained? What gave you hope? If this show helped get you through this year, please remember, we are an independent show. We have no corporate backing, no home radio station that is urging us on. We do this for you. We show up for you. If you love the show and have the means, send in a financial gift today. There are links in the show notes. And give your friends and family the gift of the show as well, just by telling them about it. It's as easy as sending a text. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. And we'll talk to you next week.